Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is precious enough to keep? The things we collect over the course of a lifetime, the things we drag with us across the decades, say a lot about who we are and what we hold dear. But these objects, these souvenirs, they're complicated. Some objects we hold in our palms, others we clench tightly with our fists. Some objects are the residue of a life well-lived, Others are a commemoration of where it all unraveled. After a war, precious few possessions are often all that remain of loved ones. Bonds are abruptly broken, and the only thing left to latch onto is stuff. Their stuff, our stuff, old stuff. And when objects are uncovered after a war, they often hint at something you had not known or realized about the person who is now gone, the person whose stuff you've inherited. When Anifa's father passed away, she found little scraps of his life tucked amongst his things. Some of these possessions offered more questions than answers. He was a good keeper of things. Everything was organized, neat. But there was one thing amongst those belongings that stood out from all the others something truly unexpected. What she found transformed her living room into a time machine, and it gave her the chance to communicate with those who were long gone. And I heard my grandmother's voice for the first time in 30 years. What Nadifa found allowed her to hear voices, some she recognized and some she didn't. And they were talking to her. She was listening to a message from long ago that seemed to be reaching through time. Nadifa stumbled across her family's cassette tapes decades after the Somali Civil War began. Finding them allowed her to uncover the accidental memoirs her family left behind. You know, first you're listening to the voice and then you're listening to what she's saying. And I just sat there and it felt warm. It felt like being embraced and having this person who I'd lost a long time ago suddenly come back to life. You're listening to On Things We Left Behind, a podcast by me, Surer Qasim Hamid, and my sister Sarado, that traces the hidden afterlives of war on those who live through it and on those who make sense of it in the aftermath. 
Today's episode, The Tapes That Bind, Part 1. Cassette tapes sent across far distances to connect families, friends, and loved ones. While you won't be listening to the tapes today, we wanted to introduce you to the world that the tapes made possible. My name is Nadifa Mohammed, and I'm a writer. I also teach creative writing. I'm 38 years old, born in Somalia, in Hadgesa to be precise, but um, have lived in the UK since I was four years old. Let's step back for a minute to before Nadifa was the acclaimed author of Black Mamba Boy and The Orchard of Lost Souls. Nadifa's father was a sailor. He was away at sea until she was four years old. When he returned, he changed her name to Nadifa after his mother. So she was Nadifa, and my father made me Nadifa. So I think it was his way of finally giving honor to his mother, respect to his mother. Naming a child after someone is a way of conjuring a person's best attributes and willing them into existence in a young child. It bonds two people across generations, linking them across time and space. Somalis trace their names patrilineally, so we can recall our fathers' and grandfathers' names for generations. But the names of the women in our family are often forgotten. So when Nadifa was named after her grandmother, it broke, for a moment, that cycle of forgetting. For the purpose of clarity, we'll call her grandmother Ayeye Nadifa. Nadifa moved from Somalia to the UK just before the Somali Civil War descended on Hargeisa with brute force in the late 80s. As she adapted to a new country and a new language, things got worse back home. While she didn't quite understand what was happening or why, it silently shaped so much of how she moved through the world. I remember writing when I was really young, what do you want to be in the future? And I said, I want to be the president of Somalia. Because I felt this responsibility to fix everything and to save people and to stop all of this suffering. Through the war, Ayeye Nadifa was still back home. And she came to know her from afar. She had heard about some similarities from her father. He always used to say that our ears were alike. But I think I also picked up her self-reliance, her independence, her, her ability to maybe move away from the way things are done and to do things your own way. It was after her father passed away in her adulthood when Nadifa found an old bundle of cassette tapes in his possessions. I found them in my dad's flat. They were in two main bundles and he had kept them very well. He was very good at keeping things. It wasn't clear what they were in the package because... They were only loosely labelled. Some of them were not labelled at all. Some of the labels had fallen off. The, the sellotape holding them together had kind of fallen off. So I, w- I was kind of aware of what they might be, but only when I put them into my recorder did I hear them. And I heard my grandmother's voice for the first time in 30 years. So that was really shocking. And then I, you know, first you're listening to the voice and then you're listening to what she's saying. And it, I just sat there and 
it felt warm. It felt like being embraced and having this person who I'd lost a long time ago suddenly come back to life. Ayaya Nadifa's voice had been preserved because her family, like many families at the time, had recorded, sent, and received letter tapes. Letter tapes are a form of communication that can work in the place of written letters or telephone, as telephone was emerging um, in Somalia, but most families did not have telephones. So that was a kind of rare luxury. But most people could afford a recorder and cassette tapes that were sent either by post when the post was working and then later on during the Somali Civil War when all of that kind of infrastructure collapsed. They were handed from person to person. As you listen to this podcast on your digital device, you might be too young to remember its analog ancestor. So we put ourselves in your shoes and we asked Nadifa to break down cassette tapes for us. Here's what happened. Most people had audio tapes which have this kind of brown tape and I think it uses magnetic force in some way (laughs) (laughs) and you'd play them on a stereo put it in and it goes clunk and then on the top you have record, play, fast forward, rewind pause and stop technology wise it was pretty basic so they were quite nifty you'd probably buy a pack of four and one tape would probably cover an hour on one side or maybe just less than an hour so the whole tape could be an hour and a half to two hours and in Somalia at that time they probably weren't cheap probably wasn't cheap but it was cheaper than trying to use the phone so a tape was much more cost effective you could record over them you would have a tape and you wouldn't necessarily need to buy another tape you could just tape over the one you'd received my family used fresh tapes so you have both there. Um, one side will be my grandmother and then my father would record on the other side or vice versa. More than just sending messages to family, people would record music, poetry, Quran, and any other thing they wanted. Letter tapes are a fascinating form of communication because they combine qualities from different mediums. Unlike a phone call, they can be listened to multiple times and even re-recorded. You can also carry the voices of your loved ones with you, like Nadifa's father did. And unlike a written letter, you can hear a person's inflection, where they are, who they're with, and immerse yourself in their environment. But it allowed for communicating important factual things about people's lives, what's going on in people's lives. But also what I love about them is that they also become like diaries where people record the the daily life, you know, the family gossip. You can hear snatches of life captured in them, whether that's goats bleating or people conversing or laughing in the background. And I love the giggling. I think in many of the tapes I found from between my family, people are giggling in the background. Or you can hear children's voices. These were slow-moving, long-distance, one-way conversations. If your son moved to a different country for school or your daughter moved to the city, This is how you would keep in touch. You could either send it through the post or you could hand it to someone who was going that way and eventually it would make it into their hands. One of the aspects, I guess, of the recordings is that they were recorded over quite a long period of time. People were trying to fill up the tape before it was sent off. So you would have a mixture of messages. Sometimes the bulk of it would be kind of a long conversational message and then that will stop and squeezed in will be a much more urgent 
requests for money or news update if something's happened to someone. Although Nadifa finds comfort in listening to these family tapes, recording them as a child in Hargeisa was a completely different story. One of the routine things was that the adults would record and then they would force the children to come and do the greetings as well or say a little bit from the Quran or say a prayer. So I definitely remember doing that. But I think it was something I resisted. It was something quite nerve-wracking because if you did it wrong, you were laughed at, you were teased. Um, it felt very serious. It felt pressured. It felt like broadcasting. So um, you knew that it would be passing through many hands and you know you'd say you mispronounce things or you say things wrong or you you feel shy and all of that is captured on the tape the importance of these tapes can't be overstated it was the connection between distant family members lovers and friends at any moment an entire family could be painting a picture of who you are from just a few stray words they're not just listening to you They're curating their idea of you. So for young Nadifa, these tapes were intimidating, like a performance she had never rehearsed. And she didn't get to decide who was in the audience. There were no video recorders. Um, telephone calls were very, very rare and rushed, and normally over quite serious or traumatic events. So this was how you knew your family and they knew you. For Nadifa, Finding these tapes felt like reading a book with most of the pages ripped out. These were only one side of a conversation, and she never had context for what tapes were sent before or after. And these fragments of dialogue happened more than three decades ago. So placing these snippets in context required a bit of imagination. Nadifa got lucky and listened to the earliest tape first, a tape before the war, from her father to her grandmother. But because the tapes aren't in chronological order, it's difficult to piece the story together. I can vaguely work out in which order they would have come in, but then, because there are some I haven't listened to, I don't know exactly where they fit into the picture. But it's, uh, I guess it's like having a jigsaw, a jigsaw with no pictures on, and you just look for the shapes and see how they fit together and You don't know if it's right. You don't know if there are things that are missing. There's a lot that I don't know about because all of this was happening when I was very young. As the person trying to put these pieces back together, there's a lot that's lost. From the tapes, Nadifa came to know a whole new side of her grandmother. She heard her speaking in her own voice, telling her own stories. Who was this woman whose voice was coming through the speaker? My grandmother was born in Somalia, British Somaliland as it was then, in 1907. She rebelled at quite a young age and married someone they didn't want her to marry. And because of that, they were exiled and forced out. And she had my father when she was 17, still as a nomad. She gave birth, you know, in the middle of nowhere. From her family's stories and research into her lineage, Nadifa found out that waves of complications crashed into her grandmother's life. Upheaval, famine, and a smallpox epidemic claimed the lives of many around her. Somehow, over lots of different health issues and, you know, disasters, she kept my father alive. Her grandmother moved across the region in hopes for a better life. First to Yemen, where she worked in an Italian coffee factory, and then later in Eritrea. 
She had a knack for making home in hostile circumstances. I knew that she'd lived in different places for 20 years, but had never learnt any of the local languages, had lived in a very male world. You know, really, you have to be very, very tough to live the way that she did. Nadifa spent years tracing the intimate details of her grandmother's history, but the tapes allowed her to get a sense of the person behind the story. This is the only way that we can ever contact each other or communicate now. And because her use of language is so powerful, there's nothing that could replace that. Ayeye Nadifa made her tapes her own. She made perfumes, she read fortunes, she cooked various foods, she sang in Arabic even though she didn't understand the language. So someone like her is a different ballgame, I think. And with her tapes, you know, she has these long... She'll begin the recording with a long poem to my father or to one of us or just talking about how much she misses us. And then she'll go into kind of family news. She's often trying to give solace, I think, and saying, don't worry about me, everything is fine, everything is good, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. So for her, I guess it was a form of mothering still. She was still trying to mother through these tapes. She composed poems for her loved ones, especially for her oldest son, Nadifa's father. My firstborn, my knees, my heart, my eyes, my, um, my soul, you know, the, the, the first child of my womb, all of this. Even the joys of grandmotherhood were captured through those tapes. She had received before the war a picture of the very first picture I'd taken at school and I'm missing a tooth and I've got this little afro and I think she found it very funny and she talks about having that beside her in the bed and how happy she is to receive that. I've got that picture at my mum's house, I see it regularly but to have the knowledge that it was there in her bed before the war broke out and was one of the things she had to leave when she eventually escaped, that makes everything much more eerie and the connection, the intimacy of that moment is suddenly brought to life because I can imagine that picture in her house. But as Nadifa began to progress further through these tapes, the mood suddenly changed. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The war crashes into the tapes. The tone, the sound... The purpose are all swallowed by the new priorities of survival. Before the war, my grandmother's talking about chickens and the neighbors and, you know, I'm disappointed of this person and that person. 
And then after the war breaks out, then it's much more a question of who is alive, who needs help, what have you done, what I'm waiting for this, can you add this, where is this person? War reveals new characters in some. And judging someone's temperament correctly can sometimes be the difference between life or death. These decisions were being played out on the tape. It's a terrible situation for anyone to be in. But it means then, in any circumstance, in everyday life, you know, some people are more reliable than others. And in a war situation, sometimes that's switched. You know, the person that you thought was really flaky and, you know, disorganized or rebellious is the person that suddenly is awakened and is very good in, in emergencies. And the person that had been reliable is not reliable anymore. But so, yeah, it does reveal other sides to people in, in those times of stress. Nadifa became a bystander as these formerly poetic tapes began to unravel. You're also recording the much more negative aspects of life. A lot of that urgency is obvious in the tone of voice and in the things that people are saying and the stress. You know, the stress of it is something that is more traumatic to listen to in those later tapes. They weren't designed then for permanence, they were designed for that immediacy. It felt as though Nadifa was listening in to her family's distress. The span of time and space that divided them collapsed again, like a large curtain. I always think I can do something. That's my first response is, what can I do? How can I fix this? And this you can't fix. It's 30-something years later. I didn't know that it took so long for my grandmother to be rescued from Hargeisa and the bombardment. I thought that happened over a day or two or maybe a week at most, but I think it was a much more drawn-out process and a much more stressful, upsetting, horrifying experience for my father and my uncle than I realized. Levifa knew that by the time the war had erupted, her grandmother was immobile. From the tapes, she found that getting her to safety was a far more challenging task than she'd ever imagined. Getting her out of danger became a community effort, and the tapes became a primary source of coordination. She was moved from place to place to find shelter and safety. One of the things that came out of the war was a, a big collapse in people's trust in each other. I know my grandmother's case is one where everyone was desperate to save her. And they all kept saying on the tapes, if we don't save her, we'll never live with ourselves. So that goes from people who are very, very close to her to people who are more extended family. But it's everyone's responsibility to get her out. And there are other families and situations where the people didn't get their loved one out. Someone told me recently about a brother and sister who've never spoken since the war because they each thought that the other one would stay or save their grandmother, and neither of them did. So the guilt of that has just kind of fractured that relationship for good. I guess the big mystery is how is my grandmother found because different people collected her from different places to save her life because she was paralyzed. She wasn't able to walk herself and she was very elderly. And other things take on a new personal character. Her uncle, who died during the war, had his voice preserved in the tapes as well. When my uncle had gone back to Hargeisa to protect his property, my father had invested a lot of had invested in a lot of property in Hargeisa. All of that had been destroyed. Anyone could shoot you at any time. So I wish my uncle hadn't gone back. And, you know, everyone's waiting for the moment where they can go back to normal life. But it wasn't ready yet. And that's what my uncle was trying to do as well. He was trying to force an ordinary life into this very extraordinary situation 
in the end, knowing how things turned out with her grandmother changed Nadifa's relationship to the tapes. She died in her 90s or late 80s in, in Ethiopia because of the war as a refugee. The most upsetting thing about what the tapes make me realize is that we lost her and we lost my uncle. And that to me feels like the real crime of it is that she should have been with us. And we had left her thinking that her life would be fine and she would spend out her days in safety and with her family and in the place that she had known. And it didn't work out like that. Just, you know, less than two years after we'd left, she's a refugee, you know, having to be strapped onto a donkey or some sort of, you know, donkey cart to survive, to live. And that's not what her life should have ended up like. You know, she deserved more than that. And my uncle deserved more than what he had as well. Picturing your loved ones in pain from afar, listening to them in distress when there's nothing you can do, these forms of helplessness can be overwhelming. So the tapes make me, I think, angry, you know, especially the ones from the war, because, yeah, this isn't the fate that anyone should experience, but particularly someone who's related to you, it's much more upsetting and traumatic. After absorbing as much as she could, Nadifa made the choice to stop listening. As you listen and you hear one awful situation after another, then it became more personal again and quite wearing and quite tiring and I wasn't able to finish listening to them. I get a similar feeling when I'm speaking to loved ones about their experiences of war. It's a kind of sensory overload. At some point, your body becomes overwhelmed with the details. You get worn down. It's not like an outsider speaking to you about something abstract. It's not some people, it's your people. And somehow, it's like it's happening all over again. I do feel that frustration of, it shouldn't have been like this. It shouldn't have been like this. And the Somali civil war is still going on in some respects. And it's still ugly. And people are still living in extreme poverty and security. You kind of go between those two poles of, let me fix this. No, I can't fix this. Let me fix this. I can't fix this. And that's an unhealthy mental space to be in. Many of us who grew up in war's aftermath have made whole lives out of fixing this. Not as a passion, but as an obsession. But when the thing has already happened, sometimes it's not up to you to fix. And you have to make do with the few possessions that remain. War makes you choose what to keep and what to leave. But often, war just chooses for you. Everything Somali disappears so quickly. People's bodies are buried within a day and then it's almost as if they're forgotten. And that happens to up to the poetry, to people's experiences, to people's trauma. And having somewhere where you say, no, this is, this is remains, this is where we will go to remember, I think is an important thing for people's psychological health. As Nadifa says, it seems as though everything Somali disappears. There's a way in which every day after this great calamity has washed a little more of us into the vast ocean. Everything we could have used to understand who we are finds a way to be crumbled, taken apart for pieces. In this way, it can feel like war makes the past fall apart like a jagged cliff edge. It cracks and falls away into nothingness. In this view, Nadifa has put those pieces back together again. 
she found these cassettes and unspooled her own story from the delicate black tape. And in her story is our history, all of ours. When these letter tapes were recorded, no one would have thought of them one day becoming bridges to the past, because when they were being made, no one knew that a bridge would be needed. And yet, here we all are, taking step after careful step down that bridge with her. So I'll ask again, what is precious enough to keep? What remains when you pass away? What would you keep? Thanks for listening to another episode of On Things We Left Behind with me, Sorer, and my sister, Serado. This series was produced by Lucy Hunt for Listen Entertainment and is the winner of the LaunchPod 2019 competition with Listen Entertainment and Acast. On the next episode, The Tapes That Bind Part 2, we're speaking to Nura Diendirie about how letter tapes kept him in contact with his family and what happened when the tapes stopped coming. When the civil war erupted, it was like the whole world was shut off. For more episodes, find us on Acast or wherever you find your podcasts. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.